welcome to Before We End. Um, I am one of your hosts, Ty. I'm one of your hosts, Shelly. I was thinking that we should, like, change the way that we, like, intro into the podcast. Like, like uh, I like people who, like, podcast hosts that are like, hi, Shelly, and the other person's like, hi, uh, hi. You know? I think that's what's uh, way like, cuter. As an interaction between us and... Like, yeah. just as, like, the intro to go into the podcast, because I, like, I don't, I don't know if I love the, like... Introducing ourselves. Yeah, I don't know if I love the, like, mm. I'm Ty, I don't know. Like, I like the ones where they, like, say hi to each other, and that's, like, how you know their names kind of thing. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, we can do that. Um, I think it's, like, hard because it's, like, obviously we talk, like, every day, or even the moment before start recording so then it like feels artificial but also it's like I don't know yeah podcast yeah um okay swag um today uh we're speaking from our kitchen table which Mm -hmm. is really fun for us because um we usually just record in our bedrooms or something but um both of our roommates aren't here so it's just the two of us alone in the house and I don't know. It's kind of fun doing like a kitchen table podcast. Yeah, there's something like kind of like romantic about it. <laughs> it's very um, I don't know, quarantine vibes. I guess oh. for sure. Um, but yeah, so it's really winter in Montreal. Like really Literally. winter. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I like went on a. I went on a stupid little walk today for my <laughs> stupid little mental health, mm-hmm. and it was, I don't know, it was it was actually nice because I feel like I was seeing, like, um, people, like, ice skating and then, Aww. like, kids tobogganing. Also, we should toboggan on the hill by our house. Do you need, like, something for, to be the toboggan, like, that we need to buy for that? I don't know. Well, you can, like, get those, like, um... Like, at, like, I don't know, like, Canadian Tire or something, mm. those just, like, little, like, matte kind of things that are just, like, slippery. Oh, okay. They're, like, super cheap. They're, like, $5. Yeah. yeah. But we might need, like, snow pants, because it can get a little crazy. Oh, definitely snow pants, yeah. Um, I don't know if I have... I've been... I was actually thinking about that, because I wanted to... I feel like my walks are very important for mm-hmm. me, and I feel like as soon as I left the house, I was only... I made the... Horrible mistake of only wearing one pair of pants, and I yeah, was yeah. literally dying. Um, it was so fucking cold. So I want to get snow pants so I can just like yeah. You can't do also my just wear like leggings underneath pants though. Like and yeah, pants. I guess it's like more the like water resistant. Oh part. yeah, yeah, definitely. But that isn't necessary unless you're tobogganing, obviously. <laughs> No, but, like, I want to go for my, like, hikes in the mountain oh, like I used to. Okay. And I feel like that's, like, mm. hardcore parkour. Yeah, that is. <laughs> wow, I don't even know how you would do that. Um, I'm sure you can, but, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's really winter. I feel kind of, like, winter bluesy. Mm. Um, I don't know. But I'm, like, going with it, whatever. I think, too, like, it's, like... I feel like before I used to really fight against um, like winter sadness or just like feeling extra tired or down, um, but that's just the name of the game. That's the name of the season, you know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah. Also, um, we decided to do the podcast um, once every two weeks now. Yeah. Um, and not once every week. I feel like I was getting, like, super um, in my head about, like, putting out quote-unquote content, mm-hmm. um, which is, like... I don't know. Content is such a despicable word. <laughs> yeah. Um. It just feels so like, uh, hollowed out of like very everything. commercialized and like, yeah, it just, just like feels empty. To... It just feels like a thing for yeah. a thing's sake, you know. Yeah, a thing to um. Sorry, what was? Oh, consume. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. I feel like I've been thinking a lot lately about that uh, feeling, and I don't know. It's, like, so... I guess it's, like, not the most profound thought, (laughs) because it's, like, literally, like, quality over quantity has been, like, talked about since the beginning of time, but I don't know. I feel like I'm just, like, trying to um, remind myself that, I don't know, like, I feel like... I, you don't need to be, like, constantly producing mm-hmm. or, like, putting out stuff um, for that work to be meaningful or for you to be successful or something. Yeah. Um, anyways, it's a long way to say that we are going to be putting out a podcast every two weeks. Um, it will help my little Capricorn brain. <laughs> I will not be anxious. Um yeah anymore because also sometimes like especially when i had like other life things going on i'm just like there's nothing i can say in a mic right now that's like actually like worth listening to and i didn't want to like push out things from my mouth like if um like it was just not gonna be it i guess yeah yeah totally Mm -hmm. i feel like there's definitely been times where we've like recorded like uh podcast episodes and like maybe we weren't like super in the mood to do it and then we just like never end up like publishing those episodes because we're like we hate this episode like it just doesn't feel like we Mm want to be speaking right now or Mm -hmm. something yeah um so anyways yeah just like do what you want to do that's my deep thought for today um yeah Speaking of poetic, segue. <laughs> oh, are we getting straight into it? I thought we were talking about, like, a little bit of areas. No. Oh! Yeah. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> you forgot. I mean, I'm sure you already have the thought in your mind, but, yeah. Um, we've been, I guess, like, revisiting the idea of, like, the era for mm-hmm. our era for 2022. Because we, like, did a podcast episode kind of about it, but then obviously getting actually into the new year, that's kind of different. It's been, like, 18 days into the new year, or, sorry, 15 days into the new year. Got confused with, like, some announcement date, but, yeah. Um, So we've lived 15 days of this year. Yeah, we've done it. (laughs) We've lived, so we've laughed. um, Changes things. Um, no, it so changes things. Like, yeah, I feel yeah. like... Getting out of the, like, actual, like, new year mindset and then, like, just actually being like, oh, this is the year, like, and, yeah. Yeah, and 
Yeah, like, I feel like our podcast episode on, like, where we were seeing ourselves mm. um, for 2022, I feel like a lot has changed since then. <laughs> um, and, yeah, being actually in the new year, I've been thinking about new things, about what I feel like this, uh, what this era is for. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so do you want to talk about what this era is for you there are yeah. ours are both um like, like film related or movie related yeah i, I think guess. it's like nice to like as we've talked about in our like eras episodes about like the fleabag era and like yeah all that like um i think it is like uh easy to understand um an intention that you're carrying in life when you understand it and like a film way or like mm. film aesthetic way because it's like a very specific visual like it's like mm. there's audio there's visual there's like um mm. how it looks and feels and sounds and all of that so i feel like that helps um before getting to getting into the like era i wanted to talk a little bit about the like fk twigs album because like i know you haven't listened to all of it i think but like um i really like i gave it a full listen and what I really liked about it is that, well, it's also a mixtape. It's not an album album. It's, like, a, called a mixtape. Mm. Um, and so it's sort of, like, supposed to be a little random and, like, not throughout just one theme and stuff like that. Um, and I kind of really liked how uh, FK Twigs is really just, like, doing whatever she wants right now. Like, and I think that shows in the, uh, like, the mixtape and the fact that it is a mixtape is she's just like, oh, yeah, I just want to create a, create a bunch of songs with, like, some of my favorite artists and, like, collaborated with them and, like, some of the, uh, and a lot of them are, like, fun, dancey songs and then some of them are more, like, spiritual, like, deep stuff that we would expect from fk twigs and then um yeah but a lot of them are just like silly and fun um and it's definitely different from my expectation of her but it's i really just like am happy for her that oh (laughs) sorry what happened wait also thank god i like checked my computer it was like an instinct i i realized that my computer was on five percent but for some reason this is gonna sound so stupid but i saw like our recording yeah and then i was like why is it recording and i stopped the recording <laughs> like i was like confused as to why it was I recording i love how you literally press it and then went <laughs> like, yeah because then i processed what i did because for a second like, it, like after you pressed it too for a second it felt like a conversation that's and so then funny. i was like wait what and then yeah. i was like oh that's so funny actually but okay yeah i think that's really all i have to say about fk twigs like vibes like um She's just a very creative, lovely woman. And, yeah, I wanted um, to search up um, what her rising was. Because you know that like bit where she's like, Camry's sun, Pisces moon. What did she say her rising was? Oh, it's, it's, um, it's Saji moon, Pisces, uh, Pisces, oh Veen, and, um, and uh, Cap- Capri sun. But then I don't know. I don't think she actually ever says her rising in her song. But I'm sure she knows um, it. <laughs> did you just like? Uh, did you? What did you Google? Like FK Twigs rising? Mm-hmm. Does it not come out? 
Wait, didn't she say? But I thought she said Pisces something. Pisces Ven, as in Pisces Venus. Oh. Yeah, I'm sure she knows her own rising, but she. Oh, she definitely does. Mm. <laughs> um, I feel like that's the smart move. I feel like she. Um... Oh wait, there's actually someone who like said stuff though. Wait. Oh, this is stupid. Someone made like a birth chart reading of her saying like her stuff in houses, but like you c- can't know someone's houses unless you know they're rising. That's stupid. Random. Yeah. Random. Anyways, um, also like I really like the um, there's one call- song called um, Christy Inter- Interlude in her album, and it's like uh her like this like perfumery like a ceo whose name's name is like christy michelle um who sh- wait is, perfumery yeah pu- perfumery like, like perfume yeah like perfume like like because um fk twigs like i read about it like because fk twigs like released like a magdalene perfume apparently with okay. like this perfumery of like uh that is owned by Christy Michelle and she uh, FK Twigs had her like do this interlude where she like reads out basically like an astrology like reading for FK Twigs but in a very like white woman voice way what? and it's really it's really funny I feel like you would like like it it's just so random because it's like um, like I'm gonna read it out because I don't want to like play it in the like thing but you can um, play it by the way we're not gonna get copyrighted yeah, but I don't want. I just want to read it. <laughs> Word. But, yeah, but it's like it's like, hey there, sweetie. I was just taking a look at your chart, and oh my goodness, <sighs> you are experiencing the most powerful transit right now. We have the full moon today at twenty four degrees of Capricorn. We have Pluto, the main planet of transformation, and how delightful you were born <laughs> on a new moon. Like, and it just keeps going like that. It's really funny, and I was like listening to it. I was like, this is. So so random <laughs> yeah i also don't know if the, these are based on like any oh also she uses the word star seeds in it too and i was like dying mm, yeah. star seed is in i can't we can't go into yeah. it in depth but yeah and i'm pretty sure it's also based in a lot of like racial like um yeah. all right sorry where were we you you were gonna say your um era um yes uh, okay so um, I think my era, um, for my era, okay, saying my era is maybe grammatically kind of weird. Okay, my era going into 2022, or now that we're here, um, is like kind of, um, East Asian, like quiet film vibes, but mm-hmm. specifically. Um, it definitely can be, like, universal to, like, a lot of East Asian films, but, um, I'm specifically thinking of, like, Japanese films. Yeah. Or, like, um, because that's just, like, best examples that I can think of. If you're familiar with any Japanese films, I'm thinking about, like, Kamen Diner. I'm thinking about Little Forest. Um, and I think that's it for now. Um, but basically, like, those are films where, like, kind of everything happens but also nothing happens because uh plot wise there's not much of the like 
stereotypical like hero's journey or like or even just like the arch or triangle of like um anticipation and climax like conflict and all that and sometimes there's not even like conflicts or like the conflicts are just kind of like introduced and then the character just like deals with it in a very like quiet way um and or like this conflict is um shown at the same time as like very mundane everyday calmness like uh, the character cooking food or having a conversation that seemingly means nothing um with their friend or something like that um so basically the reason why i've chosen that is because i feel like um i mean like a strive for calmness has just been like a thing in my life like throughout but i feel like what i love about these films is that um there's calmness but at the same time there's it's not like nothing actually happens like there's still like a lot of like life things that happen but um the character like chooses to deal with it in a calm way and not an avoidant way either um and um and i think like when i was coming up with this concept because also i've been like working with the dark feminine and stuff like that recently i was almost thinking like oh like in choosing to like choose this very calm like quiet aesthetic am i kind of denying my dark feminine that was like something i was thinking about which is Damn, <laughs> yeah i was like thinking like oh like i lit because i was kind of thinking like oh i've literally just um recently made kind of a promise to myself to to allow myself to be more wild to allow myself to be more like dark mm. feminine and like um unapologetic and things like that so in uh, so by going back into like this familiar place of like craving calmness am i like denying that again like that was kind of what i was thinking but then i was thinking like oh no actually the reason why i love these films and love this aesthetic and even loving like calmness it's like or peace um it's not because like um it's a pushover way of like living life or that it's um like yeah that it's like doing nothing because i feel like even in these um movies it's like it's actually the often it's this female protagonist making a very like random choice in her life and that's like why the movie starts um like following her through this like very unconventional choice that she made in her life and then her like keeping with that choice um despite what anyone says uh around her like in Kamen Diner the plot is that this Japanese woman decides to move to Finland of all places and um and start a Japanese like not even like a sushi restaurant but like a Japanese like home style like a food restaurant in the middle of like Helsinki like um the uh, city in Finland and like this is also um not too long, long ago I think it's like the early 2000s um this movie but like it's like basically in there's no asian food in finland at this point so it's uh, so white people are like what and also even if they do know asian food or japanese food they're like 
they only know sushi. They don't know yeah. like uh, tonkatsu and stuff like that. So um, everyone's just like, "What is wrong with you? Why would you do that? That's such a bad business decision." And but then she's just like, "No, like I actually really like life here, and like I like this." having this restaurant and then uh, and she's just like it's just all gonna work out like one day like we'll mm. have like so many customers and then that does work out and like without even any like um kind of spark for it to happen too like it's not like this like clear again like plot driven thing where it's like this one thing happens and then suddenly they have so many customers like that's not actually how it happens either um mm. and that's why i like it and so yeah i think like even thinking about the dark feminine or just like um the feminine journal as like this i don't know wild uncontrollable like um uh like literally i guess physically dark like like black and um or uh like, I mean, like, aesthetically, like, black-colored clothes or, like, wearing, like, a bunch of eyeliner or something. I don't know. Like, that kind of stuff. Like, I think that is maybe a misconception. And so I've been thinking, like, oh, it actually makes more sense for me um, to go towards that in my own way, which is still, like, um, desiring calmness and desiring this, like, aesthetic. And I think those movies really encapsulate that, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and I would say, too, it's, like, the element of, like, um, like, making a decision or doing something and standing by that is, mm-hmm. like, very, like, those elements, too, of the dark yeah. being, like, unwavering in that sense. Yeah, like, unwavering. Yeah. And I think it, I really like those because I feel like... Um, yeah, I feel like uh, I'm, I'm sure there's also, like, a meme that someone made, I think, um, in, like, the spiritual internet community where it was, like, um, every single, uh, like, spiritualist that claims to um, be, like, in touch with their dark feminine just, like, wears eyeliner and, uh, like, kind of goth-like clothing and, like, talks about, like, hypersexual things <laughs> or something. And I was like, yeah, that's really funny because it's not just... Like, everyone doesn't uh, doesn't have to be that to also be in touch with their dark feminine, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it also makes me think, just, like, talking about um, the, like, plot structure of the films that you're mm-hmm. referring to, it makes me think of that time that you were telling me about how you went on that date with that, like, white, like, kind of, like, film bro, and then he was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I feel like we need to think of, like, new, like, plot structures other than the three-act structure, and, she, and you're like, you realize that, like, other cinemas from around the world, like, don't have the three-act structure in that same way. Yeah. So it's just, I was dying at that. Yeah, it's so funny, too, because I feel like also that's the, that's the reason why, like, Western cinema has been, like criticized or like uh, um in the especially like later or sorry like recent years like um about how like yeah like the three-act structure doesn't actually make sense in real life and not that like films have to be real life but like there's a certain uh way like you want to kind of capture real life in film as well and like the three-act structure definitely does not help with that you know um and so yeah, so I really like I really enjoy movies like 
Japanese movies and a lot of just Asian movies where like that's not the structure that it goes and yeah. Mm-hmm. So my era for twenty twenty two is twenties coming of age movie. <laughs> yeah. And why I picked this is I was thinking um well so like my plans for like 2022 in general kind of like took a bit of a turn i feel like originally in like the earlier episode i was talking about how like in 2022 i wanted to like prioritize like getting settled in Mm. a place that i saw myself living in like more long term yeah and although that's still like a goal in general for me Mm -hmm. i feel like i've been like putting less pressure on the fact on that that like this needs to happen in 2022 yeah and I've been, like, thinking a lot more about, um, like, traveling and travel plans. Fingers crossed, everyone. (laughs) Um, But, yeah. And so because of that kind of, like, shift in my mentality, I was just thinking a lot of of, about, yeah, like, a 20s coming-of-age movie as an era. Just this element of, I don't know, like... Okay, A, the, that, the fact that I feel like in those type of, like, fun, lighthearted movies, I like that the vibe of it is very, like, it's not dense, you know? Mm. Like, even though, like, intense stuff might happen throughout oh, yeah. the movie, like, you always have this, like, fundamental feeling that everything's going to be okay and the main character is going to be okay because it's not that kind of movie and this mm. is the kind of movie where things end up being okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I like that element of it because I feel like, like, I feel like as I, like, move through different things throughout this year, like, I, I'm okay with things that are happening to me that, like, might not feel, like, the best in the moment, but do, like, obviously, like, offer those moments of, like, lessons and stuff like that. And then mm-hmm. there is that element where I'm, like, okay, but, like, I know that, you know, this is ultimately going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like the, the concept of, and I've been thinking about this in general, about, like, what does it mean to be a main character kind of vibes. Mm-hmm. And... Or, like, a protagonist. And I was thinking a lot about how, like, in these movies or... I don't know, but I guess perhaps movies in general, like, like, things just, like, kind of happen to the main character so that, like, the plot can be furthered or that, like, the plot gets a little bit more interesting or spicy or whatever. And I like that, like, element of, like, just being the main character and existing and, like, things will kind of just happen to you because, like, you're the main character and the plot needs to be interesting, you know? Um, and so I like that element, um... And it, I guess it's, like, also, like, a different way of conceiving I don't chase, like, I attract. Yeah. But in a, like, more fun way, I guess, and mm-hmm. more, like, within the modes of, like, f- like I don't know, like, f- the conception of film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I just like that 20s coming-of-age movies are, like, a romp. They're just, like, a good time. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I like that they're, like, about, like, friendship and love and mm-hmm. travel and there's just, like, that element of silliness and I think that silliness overall is something that I really want to prioritize in 2022 I feel like my energy right now with life and just in general is feeling a lot more like playful and so I wanted like yeah a playful era kind of to reflect that um yeah and in terms of like 
the embodiment of that era. Um, obviously, the protagonist, aka me, <laughs> is always like, like they they're always like dressed like pretty nicely, mm-hmm. but there also is that kind of element of like sloppy a little bit yeah. because it's like a twenties coming of age movie. Yeah. Um, but so I like that like balance where it's like that element of like being kind of like glamorous and chic, but also just like being a little bit mm-hmm. messy, a little bit chaos. Yeah. Um, I also like it when outfits are like really not much, but then like still looks good if that yeah sense. totally like even i mean low-key like even um rue's like classic like burgundy hoodie with like the shorts and the tank top combo like in euphoria season one i was like that's cool like <laughs> that's a cool look yeah. Yeah, yeah um and yeah and i also like um the element of like having like a staple look as like a character i guess mm-hmm. like if you were saying that too about like rue yeah. yeah. and i was just thinking about that like in terms of like having like a coat that you wear or like mm-hmm. something like that that kind of i always think it's like so awesome when like people's like staple thing is like that they always wear red lipstick yeah like i love that like i love when people just like have that like one thing that they do and mm-hmm. one part of their style it's like really iconic to them yeah Um, just, like, I guess, like, even in terms of thinking of yourself as, like, a symbol or whatever, Mm -hmm. and thinking even of, like, branding, and I know that, like, the word branding, I feel like, is very contentious to people because it's, like, obviously so connected to, like, like, consumption, Mm -hmm. and, like, obviously you don't want to see yourself as something that's being, like, consumed by others, but I guess what I mean in terms of, like, branding is, like, obviously, like, the aesthetic that you, like, like portray out to the world yeah um is also going to be like kind of reflective of like how you feel and how you see yourself in relation to the world and so in that sense it's like how are you like quote-unquote marketing yourself for lack of a better term (laughs) or just like showing up to the world like yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and like i like the people who just like show up to the world with a consistent thing and there's something that you can like trace them by like that's like pretty cool to me Mm. Um, so I've been thinking about that, like, in terms of, like, outfits and costumes and stuff. Yeah. Um, that being said, it's really fucking cold in Montreal, and, like, the outfits cannot serve. You you can serve, like, indoors, but again, we're also on lockdown, so, like, it's, like, a serving in the house moment right now, but when things get back to it, it's gonna be serving (laughs) in public. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, so that's mine. Think, like, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, mm. one and two. Okay. Think. <laughs> I haven't seen. Think, oh, yeah. this movie, um, uh, How to Be Single, which I know didn't, like, get. Is that the one with Daisy something? Uh, like, the girl from Fisher Shades of Grey in it? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and I know it didn't get, like, uh, super good reviews, or even it didn't get a lot of attention when it first came out. Yeah. I just don't think they had good marketing. But I, I really loved that movie. And, like, it wasn't, like, perfect. And there was bits that I was just like, okay, mm. it's a little bit all over the yeah. place. But overall, I like that movie. I like that 20s coming-of-age vibe. Mm. Um, Ooh, you know what movie we should watch um, on that theme? Have you seen Someone Great? Yeah. Oh, you have? Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah. That's, like, I feel like a good... Yeah, Someone Great, that's a good one, too. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. Someone Great is a really good one. That's also just, like, a really good one where it's, like, 
following like one or two nights of like plot like mm-hmm. you know like kind of like book smart vibes yeah. yeah oh yeah exactly that made me um that movie made me fall in love with lakeith stanfield is that the love interest guy mm-hmm. okay okay yeah he's gorgeous yeah he's cute mm-hmm. um yeah do you want to talk about poetry now yeah sure mm-hmm. um yeah i'm also like i, I feel like the embodying part is not really what I was like thinking I think it's also because my mindset lately with 2022 has just been like I'm already living it <laughs> kind of vibes yeah I'm just like oh this is which good. I feel like is in line with kind of what you're talking yeah, about yeah yeah like your films are like I'm living it you yeah. know I'm just like I don't really need to I mean like obviously I have some intentions and this is a, an intention also but I'm just like I just wear whatever I wear and I do whatever I do like every day and then like yeah totally <laughs> yeah i respect that um and i think it's also part of because like um i think this is also with like school and also with like everything going on just like i think um finding a routine has been a key theme for me too yeah, and just like sure. finding a um yeah literally just like what to do every day um like day by day like kind of consistently so that's something my yeah. friend was talking about how um uh, a part of like uh like their like mental health kind mm-hmm. of um like journey or whatever was yeah. like creating like yeah yeah like a a like kind of routine of like a step by step what they should do in the day <laughs> um and it was funny cuz they were they were saying too that like um like one day they like forgot to do it or didn't do enough steps to fill out the whole day and they reached okay. the end and they were literally like panicking because they're like what do I do now and I low-key feel that where I'm just like I like hit a point sometimes where I'm like what happens next like I get really confused oh god yeah sometimes I'm just like because also sometimes I'm like oh there are technically like 10 different things that I have to do or like can do but then also I'm like all of these things are like not available at the moment or I'm just not down to do them or like just yeah I just don't want to pick up a light bulb at a store right now or something like that I don't know yeah it's very confusing it's confusing um Anyways, okay, yeah, poetry. So, we're going to talk about poetry. Um, As some of you may know, (laughs) we write poems Mm -hmm. sometimes, Mm -hmm. um, among other things that we write. And I don't know, I was really interested lately in, in poetry overall, like in like quite literally like like literal poetry, but also this kind of element of um, the ways that like, I guess like we as poets or people who write poetry, like see that kind of like translating into our lives. Um, And yeah, overall, like what does poetry mean to us? Um, And stuff like that. Yeah. So Um, I think that maybe we can like start with like reading or, like, each reading out a poem, uh, yeah. and then we can, like, talk about Wait, Or should we do the opposite? I feel like I was going to think the opposite. Or like, like, we, we can... talk about it and then read a poem? Yeah, and we can, like, because okay. I feel like that we're also definitely going to, like, talk about the poems themselves after right. as well, so I feel like that's a good three-part. Right. Um, I'm also going to bring, like, a book thingy, because I'm, like, remembering a book related about this, but anyways. Okay, I got a P2. There's so many breaks in this one. <laughs> oh, it's like really so many editable parts. 
Okay. Hi, we're back. <laughs> Hi, we're back. And um, I was gonna like I was gonna pull up like a quote from like um, letters to a young poet by Rainer Maria Rilke, right, yeah, but yeah. Um, my ebook reader is not working at the moment, so I can't remember the quote that I highlighted in the book. But it's a good read. It's not just about like being a poet, but it is like a lot about just what this person thought how like life worked mm-hmm. and stuff and that's really interesting to read about yeah mm-hmm. okay i want to like start with like a question that we okay. can both answer mm-hmm. um how do you feel like either how do you feel like being a poet or a writer mm-hmm. informs your experience in this world mm-hmm. um well, for me, like, I guess to delve into, like, writing history of mine, uh, first is that I I feel like I've been, like, writing poetry literally since I started writing, like, like literally writing words, because um, I can even find, like, poems that I wrote about a bird or something when I was, like, seven mm-hmm. um, in my house. Um, and they're like, you know, poems that a seven-year-old wrote about a bird and the sky and clouds and stuff. It's like cute things. So really good. (laughs) Like, it's, like, it's good for a seven-year-old. It's also just, it's very cutesy and stuff. And like, it's a joy to read, I think. But yeah. Um, and, and I've, you know, done like, like I've done like poetry club at high school. Like I've done the poetry slams. I've done like the very stereotypical like spoken word poetry stuff. Mm. Um, which I think now I've kind of just been. I still love like the oral poetry reading like tradition, like in open mics and stuff like that. But um, I think I am definitely not a spoken word poet. But right. You know. Um. Yeah, anyways, um, I think, I think what I like to say a lot of times is that, like, um, and I think a lot of poets would agree to this, that uh, being a poet or being really an artist and uh, in any way, like, is mm. noticing the little things in life, mm-hmm. the little moments in life, and I think even, like, um, kind of taking, like, a short, fast moment in life and then like looking at that in kind of like slow motion mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. expanding on it and giving it meaning or like bringing out the meaning and all that um and i can also see how that's silly <laughs> at the same time um and um but i've also been thinking and this is something that i've like thought about a lot um whenever Whenever, like, I was in kind of, like, science class, I guess, where, like, uh, or reading anything about science is that I feel like there's so many things that poets observe about the world that later on scientists research about. Interesting. Because I feel like there's been so many things about, like, even just, like, how water works or how the clouds do this or some uh, or the weather does that or something like that that poets have written about for so long. And then some t- scientists is like, oh, that actually happens because of this and, like, so with that. And, um, and I feel like that's a way where, like, I definitely feel like science and art or, like, science and poetry really converge and need to work together and stuff like that 
Um, and I think like a lot of the times I feel like it's just yeah I feel like there's a lot of things where poets like notice this like very specific feeling feeling that people have or like a phenomenon mm. that occurs in nature or amongst people or in blah blah, blah. and then uh, later on psychologists will call this feeling this or like um or scientists will call this um phenomenon that the like moisture in the air does like later or something you know and so um i think poetry or like being a poet really does um mean like observing the world a lot of times or life Mm -hmm. and um there definitely can be times where it also means like giving more meaning to something Mm -hmm. than um it actually maybe does have meaning um or i guess even being a little stuck in that like um moment that you're looking at or maybe not stuck but just like slow like you're i feel like i definitely feel slower as a poet because i'm like observing everything and therefore um not moving along as quickly Hmm. um and yeah because i'm also it even in thinking about like museums or like art exhibits like i'm definitely that person who stays in front of a picture for like 15 minutes Mm -hmm. each and then like by the end of the exhibit i'm like I've been there for like two, three hours, you know? So mm-hmm. in that sense, I feel like I move slower. Um, yeah, so I think that's how it affects, like, uh, I think, I can't remember the way you word it, but like how I move through the world mm-hmm. by being a poet. I think that's how I do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really yeah. like you talking about um, the writing and and poetry is really in the details and yeah i think i would like say that much as well um just i mean the obvious things of like being like observant about the world around you and observant about like small details Mm. um of life and i don't know in that sense i think that because I guess too, what I what what I was asking in this question was also like like what's I don't know like and not that there's like a, such as like a strong distinction between someone who's like not creative and someone mm. who is creative, you know? Yeah. Um, but just like I guess like what's that difference in the way mm. that you're kind of interacting with the world and like. I don't know, like, is there something gained but also lost, you know, in, like, being hyper-observant and, um, I don't know, like, hyper-aware? I feel like there's definitely not necessarily something, um, I guess I can't think of anything lost right Mm. now, but I can definitely think of, like, things that I gain that maybe I don't want to gain, like, the hyper-observance or, like, the, um, putting, uh, more meaning into something right. than necessary and then that meaning also being maybe bad or, or, um, or not 
great to my well-being like I don't have to know that these things or I don't have to know this and that mm. you know um yeah and I think mm-hmm. like the obsession with the details I think that about that like that just reminded me so much about being like in like romantic relationships mm. and like how hyper aware I am of like every yeah. single action and like yeah tone and like I, just like everything and like if there's yeah. something slightly like off or slightly different like it's very like I don't know yeah and I feel like that's kind of that's like the way that people talk about like how like women speak you know like, yeah or like women like listen to things it's like you say like there's a like just one thing and then they're like oh do you mean this or you know like and or also like <laughs> I'm like remembering um there's this girl on TikTok uh who is actually a, like an actual lawyer and she like reads out like um funny court transcripts on TikTok and it's really funny and one of them was like uh um to your one witness I bring you three female memories <laughs> like that was like one of the quotes that she read out and I was like that kills me <laughs> so girl boss <laughs> so girl boss cause it's like yes like there are ways where um I guess in a stereotypical way like women like remember a whole lot of detailed things and I think poets also do that as well um and um yeah I guess that's something that I gained that I maybe would not like to gain that's something I don't know if I can think of it as a loss necessarily and yeah, or definitely. identify a loss um because I'm like what am I actually missing am I missing anything or is it actually the peace po- of mind well, yeah <laughs> maybe I don't know peace <laughs> of mind um or uh I feel like in a way it's almost like or maybe the lack of loss is like the problem like I feel like sometimes I'm like holding nothing on to is things. lost on you yeah, yeah. like yeah <laughs> nothing, nothing is lost on me even the past is like not lost on me and right. like things like that and um yeah but um I guess also like when I think about the difference between a person who is not a poet and then a poet or I guess like not an artist and an artist is what I specifically mean. Um, and also, is there a distinction between artist and poet? Sometimes, okay, that's like a different question, but I definitely think about like different ways that people interact. Um, I guess this is amongst artists yeah. and then poets versus other artists. But like, um, I there's definitely different ways that people translate their thoughts or experiences in life into different <laughs> mediums. Um, like, I remember, um, Savannah Brown, who is a YouTuber slash poet, mm-hmm. um, uh, and she, God, I hope they're still dating, but, um, I think she, uh, she is dating, I think, as, um, a filmmaker who I can't remember the name of right now, but it's something Gilbert or something like that, I can't remember. Anyways, her boyfriend is a filmmaker she's a poet and like she once talked about in a video about how like when they uh go traveling together or something like that and just like see something and they think something is beautiful um he immediately thinks like how can this be translated into film how can this be taken as a photo or like or like recorded um and how and how do you convey that and whereas like she's like oh i'm gonna write about this like i'm gonna Mm. write a poem or i'm gonna write 
um, a novel or something about this. Like, and so that's like a very big distinction. And I think like sometimes, because um, I've also been thinking about whether, um, like, like I've been interested in like screenplays and stuff lately too. And so I think, and I think a lot of times. Um, my interest from in screenplays com- comes from a place of thinking that I almost want to convey things with no order little words and mm. um, because I feel like there's so much that you can say in a film with like the visual and audio like elements of it um like the facial expression of a person even though they're not saying anything or like this object or lighting or something like that and i have been craving that quite more than um and i think this is also maybe why i have an adverse to like novels like like long prose because i feel like there are ways where i find that um it's really hard to convey those like subtleties in life in a um i guess subtle way like in prose because in prose um you have to just really describe what is happening and so it can obviously if it's already written down you're already reading it and then you feel like you have you're supposed to notice this um instead of it being subtly conveyed and um not that it can't be subtly conveyed but i do think it's like a very like if you are able to do that you're a very good writer but as a form itself, it doesn't allow for a lot of subtleties. Whereas with film, I feel like um, it, when things are happening visually in small ways and things are not being said, you can like notice those things. Or even like make your own interpretations of things. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a, a lot of the times with prose, you're being told what you're supposed to interpret a lot of times. Whereas with film, there's a little bit more room for interpretation. But then I also feel like that's kind of the distinction with, like, poetry and prose. Because I feel like, mm. yeah, like, prose is very, like, like this is, um, like, yeah, this direct is yeah. correlation. This is, like, the sign and this is the direct signifier for, mm. like, what is happening right now. Where I feel like with poetry... It really like plays with words in that sense where it's like there is a lot of room for you to not be able to like place exactly what's happening and create interpretation yeah i i agree to that too i guess it's um i think yeah that is why i like poetry over prose in a lot of ways for for my own writing um because i'm saying things with like few words Mm -hmm. um saying like a lot of things with few words but I think with film sometimes I, I'm like uh, seeing how I can even say things with not even just few words but like no, no words. words yeah yeah, yeah. Um, this reminds me I like pulled up this um, this quote from this book and yes I will be talking about Derrida <laughs> he's like a okay. philosopher mm-hmm. Um, infamously uh, really difficult to understand of the French philosophers. Um, Writings may claim that reality is prior to signification, but in fact, they show that in a famous phrase of Derrida, there is no outside of the text. 
When you think you're getting outside signs and text to reality itself, what you find is more text, more signs, chains of supplements, Derrida writes. Um, so yeah, like in terms of like writing overall and poetry specifically, I feel like the way that I view life like in a poetic way just feels in terms of myself like closer I guess to reality in a sense because I notice a way in which like the way I like see the world and move through life is constantly through symbols and constantly through um like stories or narratives and stuff Mm -hmm. um but I think that in a lot of ways um yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like reality is always having to be mediated in some way through signs. Yeah. And, like, I think that what poetry does is kind of, like, like takes those, like, signs and, like, muddles them around so that it, like... And for me, like, even though, like, prose, I guess, is, like, more descriptive of real life, I feel like poetry really gets at the essence of life, yeah. which is, like, kind of the, like, the messiness of science. Mm-hmm. But I guess, like, maybe I'm being vague. Um, also, um, for people who don't know, like, signifier sign theory, I guess, of cultural studies, basically, like, there's, like, the signifier and the signified. So the signifier, for example, um, there's like a cup. The signifier um, is the word cup. And the signified is the object itself. Yeah. Um, And so then a sign or whatever is like literally like the letters like Mm. coming together, right? Mm. Um, And... Yeah, overall, I think that, you know, we're, like, constantly having to mediate um, our world through words, and in a lot of ways, words are really shaping the worlds that we're creating, because, like, we fundamentally have to, like, understand the world through these signs, and, like, there's a lot of, like, discourse, I feel like, that talks about how like, when we apply words to something, like, we call something a cup or something, or we call, or we name something, there is something that's kind of missed that, like, words can't really capture, mm-hmm. um, or, like, that there's something kind of lost in, um, in, in, there's something lost in our naming or in our, like, words or in our language, there's something that's ephemeral that can't be, like, fully captured, even, like, in the sense of, like, feelings and stuff like that, um, and things that are less concrete, I guess, than, like, objects, and I think with poetry, like, what it really does is it's kind of, to me, and, like, in my head, is, like, the closest we can get, in a sense, um, to, like, this gap, that gets formed with language um, because of the way that it really, like, messes with, like, meanings and that, like, even, like, a single word can have dual meanings or dual understandings. There's, like, that element of playing with words that I think, like, gets as close as you can get to, like, closing that gap of that something else that evades Mm -hmm. us. Um, 
So yeah, that's my theories on poetry. Um, and I don't know, like, I feel like poetry to me is like, of course, like the medium itself of the poem, but I think it's like so much more just in terms of how, um, I don't know, we like understand our world and stuff. Even the fact that I feel like now we're, um, like, I feel like people are, like, really mediating their world through narratives. Like, we were even talking about, like, eras and, like, these different, like, stories that we kind of, like, create and symbols also that we create around our lives. Um, I think that's also to an element of poetry, like, and, like, yeah, like, being able to use symbols in certain ways to... I don't know, like, shift things in our reality yeah. or, like, I don't know. Yeah, because I think that's also why um, I really talk about, like, uh, how the difference between science and art isn't actually that, like, um, far. Like, um, I feel like I feel like there's so much discourse around, like, the, um, the like sciencey person and the artsy person and um yeah and how they think and stuff like that but then sometimes i feel like especially when i talk to people who are in sciences like those people are actually closer to poets than like some other people like i feel like um the opposite uh mm. to um both sciencey people and artsy people is actually like this other group of people that are maybe like I don't know business majors or something <laughs> like, yeah. like I don't know because I feel like there's because I feel like when I don't know like if you want to do kind of like anecdote style like um when people talk about like the difference between a science person and an artsy person it's like um an artsy person will look at the sunset and will be like oh my god the colors and like the sunset yeah. is so beautiful this means blah blah, blah stuff like that and then the sciencey person will be like oh the reason why the sunset looks like this is because of this temperature and like moisture or like time of day and like sun orbiting something like that i don't know like you science. can tell that like, we're like, science. like yeah like i not currently don't do science but yeah and uh like i remember even like um like in Korea, there's like a kind of meme, I guess, of like how how like a artsy person responds to the question, um, like what happens when snow melts versus how a science person right. responds, yeah. and then it's like the science person <laughs> will respond by saying, when snow melts, it becomes water. <laughs> like right. and then like the artsy person will be like uh when snow melts um uh, that's when spring starts or something like that and uh, but i also really hated that meme because i was also like no actually when snow melts it becomes slushy and like it's gross and it's like awful or something like that i don't know <laughs> like that's and i feel like there's a certain romanticization of like what an artsy person like actually looks like um but whatever but i feel like yeah like they're uh even that i feel like sciencey people and artsy people still appreciate the details that we talk about and like um like observe life closely but mm. just in a slightly different way like the mm. way that they um decide to decide to learn about 
life in the world, but they still appreciate in that detail. Whereas I feel like there are also people who just straight up don't notice those details whatsoever, don't mm. appreciate it whatsoever, or like, or not necessarily like not appreciate, but just like don't care, you know? Like, I feel like, um, uh, I saw like a, uh, I remember like my, my sister like once said like, oh, like the sky is so beautiful or something like that. Um, and, um, her boyfriend was like, her boyfriend at the time was like, uh, like, why does that matter? <laughs> like, like, oh my god! Who is this monster? <laughs> like, it wasn't even like, like, like aggressively. Why does that matter? But it was just like, oh, why are you bringing that up? Like, like literally, like, oh, like sure, the sky is beautiful. Um, okay, <laughs> and like, and like, and I feel like, like, there are people who exist like that, like who literally just like don't stop for a second and like look at the sky, or like don't, or like I guess like don't look at the sky until pointed out, like, and and. Um, don't care about that. And I think that's actually the opposite of what um, a poet is, not um, this, right. like, math science person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and I think, too, that, um, like, I feel like what also, I guess, distinguishes uh poets and writers and like creative people are like the people who witness and then also feel the need to share that Mm, witnessing yeah yeah and that's an important part because i feel like i also know a lot of people and i guess this is like a whole different camp who do notice those things but also don't feel the need to share that witnessing Mm -hmm. which i think is like interesting too because i think that that's like and i don't know why like i just think that that's, like, a really also beautiful, like, mode of being. Yeah. I feel like, for me, like, just, like, from a really young age, I always had, like, just such a distinct urge to share, like, what, or, like, express, you know? Mm. Like, just, like, what I had to say needed to be out into the world. Yeah. Which I think that is, like, the way that, I guess, like, creative people work. But, yeah, I think that there is something quite beautiful, beautiful about people that are, like, just there as the witnesser you know fully yeah and just like don't even feel that need to be like i need to share this witnessing with anyone i'm just like here you know yeah i i think there are ways also that i like um want to embody that more or like want to be able to just like witness without sharing or expressing um i think that's also one of the reasons why people um say that like traveling alone is something that you really need to do Mm -hmm. um because it's like that's exactly what is happening like you're traveling you're seeing things you're experiencing things but you don't have um like a travel companion next to you to be like hey like this just happened or like um you see that like you know and and i feel like that's um not having that experience and having to just like sit with yourself um experiencing those things and not be able to share and just like or in a way, like, not create judgment about the experience immediately in order to share. Like, right, um, right. I think that's really beautiful. And that's something I really want to try to do. Um, also, with, like, all of the memes going on being, like, oh, like, you're supposed to be hot and mysterious for 2022, but you just can't stop oversharing. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't shut the fuck up. Like, truly. Yeah, it's so funny. Because... Um, yeah, like, even, like, with, um, I know people talk about this, like, as, um, 
the downside of tw- Twitter, especially because it's like everyone just tweets and then nothing, um, nothing actually gets like put out into the world that isn't um, that is like not nothing, but I mean like a lot of those tweets could easily be like a book or a comedy skit or like a, right. a stand-up comedy set or something like that but then it's just like in tweets instead when um and it almost like doesn't give a lot of time for people to sit with it and like um i don't know i guess that's also like you're gonna create it later but you know like it not to immediately respond like that that's yeah. actually really interesting yeah. too because you're right like i feel like there is this element of social media that like and oh my god tie back to what I was talking about content oh yeah yeah (laughs) um but like yeah there is so much this element of like that everything that you witness needs to be shared like any funny thought that you had in your head any like witty sharp observation that she made like yeah like any observation in general needs to be shared to the world yeah and yeah I do love that element of like that there are some things that can be private or things yeah. that you can just witness yeah. and just be witnessing of, you know? Yeah, because even, like, um, yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of, like, uh, comedians will also be like, why did I just tweet that? Why didn't I just save that for my set or something like that, you know? And it's just, it's funny how um, people are just, like, immediately sharing things every day every day and it's in a different way than um you know obviously how poetry and art has been done before right um so then it's like yeah i don't know it's interesting um Hmm. uh not that like not that poetry always means like sharing either too though because i feel like there's definitely an element of like writing it for yourself or like writing it in your own journal um yeah like emily dickinson never published anything when she was alive and um yeah. but yeah i do feel like there is this element and i feel this pressure too this is actually like me just like reply <laughs> this is a therapy session now <laughs> i feel like there is such this element that like every time i create something that i feel like is like like good or whatever by mm. my standards like my immediate like reaction is like oh now i need to share this or like yeah. how do i or even just like the the move for like when someone creates something it's like oh how do you monetize this you yeah know? which is like a completely different discussion yeah, but like, yeah like how do you market it share it like submit it to journals like get a grant totally. for it like i don't know oh like, my god yeah like, or make it into something bigger like i don't know yeah and it's like hard because i'm very much someone that like, in terms of just, like, my aspirations in general, I really do want, like, my creative work to be able yeah. to, like, support me monetarily. Yeah. And obviously, but, it's not... The other side of it is also not good to be, like, um, like never share your work ever and never publish anything. Like, that's not good either. But, yeah. But yeah. It's the, a part of me is just, like, wondering, yeah, where that balance is um, of, like... Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's confusing. It is confusing. And I feel like the industry is really a curse too because it really does demand for you to not be able to sit with things and just like mm. push out things. And, totally. Yeah, even with books, like nowadays I'm like, like I feel like um, it was much more common for writers to take like, I don't know, 10 years yeah, to finish yeah. a book or something like that, you know? But now it's just like, it would be lunatic for you to take a time, take a t- take time off or like try to edit it for more than like a year or something for heaven's sake yeah 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. God forbid. We're running a bit long. Do you want to start saying or talking about our poems? Um, yeah, sure. Um, I I picked out two poems to read out. Do you, do you think we have enough time for two poems each? Okay. Um, um, I like picked out two poems that I really like that I wrote that are more like recent also because um, the older ones are very immature <laughs> in a way. Um, but they're also like these two poems I feel like are were a good choice because um, they're from like two very different mindsets mm-hmm. um, or like mental health statuses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mental health statuses. Yeah. Okay, so one is I think I just like didn't really know how to title this one, and this is the one that's like definitely mentally unwell and I like this poem as a poem but I feel like every time I read it out I need to give like not necessarily a content warning but just like just letting you know I am okay the time that I wrote this poem um even though there's not nothing that's like actually um like mentioned of like self-harm or anything you know um but yeah I didn't know how to title this so apparently on my doc um, I put it as I am a lot. <laughs> That's literally what I said. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot more of an oral, like kind of spoken word poem style poem because it, when you see it in text, it's a little bit like, yeah. Anyways. <clears throat> okay. I haven't written, uh, read this out in a long time, so I'll just say that. Okay. I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, I hate me, I hate me, I hate me, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, I haunt you, I haunt you, I haunt you. You hate that, you hate that, you hate that, you hate me, you hate me, you hate me. Hate is all you can give me, because haunting is all I can give you. Because I am never really there, I am never really there beside you, I am never really there beside me. I'm always behind me, I'm always behind. Stabbing my own back, then acting like you did it. Because no one here sees my ghost self standing behind me. They only see you, carrying my back like a mother. I only see you. I only feel you. Even the sleeves of your, of your windrig are ruffling everything you. I feel you until I can't feel me. You've never really felt me. You haven't either, for I've always been standing behind you. Stepped on the heels of your shoes and blamed it on you for walking too slow. Sometimes I feel like a nihilist. Every every hard part of my body aches. My knuckles beg to be used. Everything about me just screams, love me, hold me, kiss me, mean it. I wish our atoms would collide so then there would be a boom and and there left nothing but rubble. So I could start all over again. I'll make a song you've never heard of into our song. Pick a star and name it our ship name. Associate every adjective to you until I need a thesaurus for this love language when you can't even say hello in I'm self-taught in this language. My pronunciation is terrible from having no one to practice practice with Open up my hand and put your fist in it and with soft fingers. I'll unwrap it to your palm I'll read it actually read it because I know how to Unlike the time you offered to read mine as an excuse to graze your fingers on it so yeah, that's it. 
Wow. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah, I see what you mean. <laughs> I need to preface this with I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely like, I think I was coming from a place where I was both having a very toxic relationship with myself, but also I was imagining having a toxic relationship with a different person at the same time and i think yeah and there's definitely a lot of like kind of word plays or uh, like finishing and like mm-hmm. continuing sentences yeah. each other and that's also one of the reasons why it doesn't work so well as a text poem because it gets confusing when you read it um like in sentences um and yeah Mm. yeah i like um when you're talking about like um making like a whole like language that you don't even know how to speak yeah yeah i think i um that was definitely a thing where it was like uh i think kind of as a joke i once thought like what even matters like what my love language is it doesn't feel like anyone knows how to say it anyways um like the language of love or the very hyped up love language stuff that we talk about Mm. yeah yeah um okay so contrary to this mood um i'm gonna read a, a poem that i wrote like two months ago or so now um and this one is a lot is way more about healing or having been healed and um i think also i couldn't figure out a title for this one so i literally just said healed as the title um which is definitely tba but yeah um okay um also this one i shared on my instagram so you've already seen it and stuff yeah I smelled chrysanthemums and reached for a healed scar on my side. Sometimes an ache is just from a lot of experience, and a tear is just from a, is just from a Q-tip through your nose. And a feeling cannot be judged too soon. It was not that it was negative, it was just plural and much. My shadow anchors me here, in this existence, and there is a crescent moon that I bit off, and there is a Christmas tree that I put up, and it is a colossal mistake that you have made to, to not covet me, not come to me. And I cry because I look forward to seeing you again, as you would say. And when I see you, your scabs will be scars now. Winter is a good time to heal. You came at the wrong time, but time is not real. No lips don't have to seal the steel, this promise with a wispy kiss as your smile lines carry wistfulness. And there's something great about emptiness to be filled, saturated. So my dear, this Saturday, your time, do as you will. I love this poem. <laughs> this is one of my favorites of yours. Uh-huh. I know it's like a recent one, but yeah. I love mm-hmm. this one. Yeah. I think it's like, it's also surprising because I don't think it it's in a way kind of random and sometimes i still want to edit it a little bit but Mm. i also don't know what direction i would edit it in yet um but i think it's just um i think the mode is like 
being healed, but still longing for something. And also, um, still, like, I don't know, not, like, being in progress with healing at the same time, I guess. Like, things aren't, like, perfect in a way. Um, which maybe doesn't mean that it's not healed. But, yeah. Um, and I think I was thinking a lot of uh, about just, like, how... Um, I can, like, allow myself to have all these emotions and have all these, like, emotional ups, ups and downs, but at the same time, know that not a lot of, like, a lot of them are, um, like, I don't have to hold on to them. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't want to say, like, it's not valid. I'm just, obviously, you need to validate your emotions. But there are some ones where it can be like, that one's silly. Like, Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. Um, And I think I was, like, thinking about that, um, especially, like, uh, when I said, like, a tear is from a Q-tip through your nose, I was, like... Uh, I thought of that line when I was getting a COVID test (laughs) and Mm, every time I get a COVID test um, or like I think when a lot of people get a COVID test they uh, tear up because they're literally puncturing your nose with a a, like Q-tip and yeah fun fact actually apparently like when you get hit in like like the inside of your nose like you just immediately cry yeah that's just like a response so like when someone cries from being punched in the nose that doesn't necessarily mean that they're sad about being punched in the nose it's like they literally just have to cry because they just got punched in the nose no it's literally like when i pierced my nose i cried oh really i didn't realize how deep that would be though it's just like a yeah it just tears running down your face yeah yeah um yeah, so I was just like, yeah, sometimes you just uh, cry for no reason also. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. you just, like, see a little sad scene from a movie. Or sometimes you just feel, like, overwhelmingly, like, a sense of crying. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and um, that doesn't mean that you have to be like, oh my god, I just cried. Does this mean anything? And, like, you know. Um, so that was kind of where I was coming from for a lot of it. And I think that was was just thinking of a lot of things that reminds me of healing like the chrysanthemum tea and like mm-hmm. like the tears and um and I think I it was like approaching the holiday season when I wrote it too so that's why I'm bringing up like Christmas and I feel like um having a good holiday is definitely a very like healing experience as well um mm-hmm. and yeah I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Yay! That was great. Mm-hmm. So, are you gonna be reading? I will. Um, this this poem is kind of unfinished, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's called "Just the Two of Us." Mm-hmm. Perhaps all this time. It has just been the two of us. You and me transversing the cosmos, merging, falling apart, loving, hating, building boundaries and taking them down again. Dancing this dance that was invented for just you and me. So together we can learn every shape of love, every corner, every door to be opened and entered. 
I'll be the mountain and you can be the valley. We can languish in the sun and you can have your way with me. Carving, pushing through in the way only eons can afford. Remembering some truth in the friction. Don't worry, we have time to figure it all out. But for now, you can layer me on thick and we can brave the void together and do what we do best, make something out of nothing. Just the two of us, marking each other with enter and exit wounds, having an argument that separates us for a decade or two, only to find our way back to each other again. I find you in every relationship, every encounter I have, you the shapeshifter, soul sifter, how often I've misrecognized you just to look into your eyes and know my cosmic lover is upon me. Here we meet once again and again and again and again. It's you and me all the way down. Mm. Um, my th- It was funny because I posted half of this when it was like more unfinished on my Instagram story. And someone responded and was like, oh, I love love poems or something like that. And I was like, I said something <laughs> like, it's not a love poem. I was like, oh, it's not a love poem. And then they were just like, oh. <laughs> the conversation just ended. Uh, I mean, yeah. Like, what do you think? <laughs> um, I can see how especially, like, with the, I, I don't know how much of it you post, but, like, uh, posted, but, like, um, I don't know, first half of it. Like, it can definitely feel like mm. a love poem. Yeah. It was just, like, based on um, this thought that I had, which I've heard a lot of people talk about this, too, I guess, in spirituality, Mm. but this idea that there's just, I don't know really how to explain this, but the the whole universe is just two, like, forces or two people or two souls that are just, like, like meeting each other and exploring love and exploring the universe and God through these, like, different intersections. So it's, like, okay. I guess, like, how is, like, like, but, um, yeah. Sorry, can I ask? Um, so in this instance, are you one of the souls and then there's another? Or No, like, okay. every, everything is just, t- like, I can't even, I, can't, <laughs> I literally don't know how to explain this. It's, it's like just an interaction. Every, every interaction. Okay. Like, you and me is, okay. like, you think of every relationship, it boils down to, like, two people. Okay. And so it's, like, those two people engaging in this thing. And so, like, it's, like, you and me. It's, like, these forces of opposition or and these forces of connection are okay. these two forces. And so for even if you think about, like, the element of, like, duality in life, like, even the masculine oh. and the feminine are these two forces working things out with each other. Okay. Even, like... Yeah, any type of duality is just this thing working out, working it out with each yeah. other. Or even you think on like larger scales of like war and like things like that. And like I've heard a lot of people like kind of talk about it that it's just like oh, it's just like two forces doing this uh, thing. Okay, so not you personally, but, but it also you it also is me yeah, personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so just like even thinking about too how like everyone you know, talks about, like, how, you know, you're the center of the universe, you're mm. God, but you're also nothing. Um, and I guess, like, I was kind of leaning into this idea of me being God, the center of the universe, like, one of these, like, beings, and then everything I'm interacting with, whether that be animals, people, like, mm. literally, like, forces in my life, or, yeah. like, 
whether anything like that's me like interacting with this like opposition mm-hmm. or this like yeah cosmic love or this like um like force that's like creating friction because I was even thinking too about how like the elements of like creating the universe are like friction yeah. you know and like or mm-hmm. like atoms the big like just like this element of like two things yeah like a split exactly yeah. like yeah. like creating something so like yeah there's like nothing unless there's something else to rub against it you know so like yeah yeah no i can see that yeah um so that was my but it's very philosophical i feel like my poems like except except actually i do have a few love poems but i feel like my poems get very like philosophical (laughs) yeah i mean i feel like that um I don't know. I don't know where I was going with it. But yeah, I feel like when I first read the fragment that you posted on um, your story and then also like hearing that, I'm, uh, I was thinking, well, like, yeah, there's a, there was a short thought where I was like, oh, maybe this is a love poem. But then I was like, no, maybe it's probably not. And then, um, and then I was thinking like, oh, it's, it, it kind of felt like a poem. I guess like love poem, but like in a yeah. uh, like myself is my best friend kind of way. Yeah, yeah, and I guess that like I like the oh my god duality <laughs> of the poem because like I do yeah like I like the element that like and to be fair like to the person who said that like it is a love poem in a lot of ways mm. and I like the element that it could be about very well about someone you're in a romantic relationship with and that mm. is true to that experience mm-hmm. and like but it also could be yeah cuz about god um, it could be about yeah. or your relationship with yourself it yeah. could be you know your relationship with anyone so yeah. cuz also like um when you say like the uh like, I find you in, like, my relationships, interactions, blah, blah, It's, like, um, that also is coming from uh, the theory, I guess, that, like, um, like everyone you interact with is also just, like, you reacting to yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, in that sense, like, obviously, it can be a love poem, but then it's, like, about another person, but then also that another person is also just going to be an extension of you yeah Yeah. or even if you think about like we're talking before that like Mm. you're the universe exploring itself Mm. like in a way the universe god whatever needs you because it needs like that element of friction do you know what i mean Mm. like it needs like a doing force that will like create like something Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. like if the universe was just the universe like this like kind of like just existent entity like there's nothing happening unless there's like something else to create like something with i don't know yeah 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 that's very heady yeah no it's definitely heady but it looks that's um and yeah um i feel like sometimes i write my poems where i'm just like stringing along a bunch of words and that's how i feel totally yeah i feel like there's some places where um and maybe like an editor could suggest that like i sometimes write like in a way, like, three different poems, but in one poem. And I, I low-key love like, those kind of poems, though. Like, I love yeah. that style of writing. Mm, yeah. Um, and, like, I think even just, like, even in the poem that I read out, I was, like, um, 
talking about being healed but then i was also talking about like longing for another person because that, that was just kind of that was just kind of the way that my thought process was going while writing and then i was like oh like is that is that sh- like does that should um should that be like a separate poem about like longing for another person but i was like no i'm just gonna keep it here because it makes sense and yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't know okay so i know we're like really running over but mm-hmm do another poem and then maybe we don't need to check out we'll just peace out i'm kind of too lazy to think of my life yeah no, that's fine <laughs> um this one i posted on my instagram i also made a video for it um it's called hey don't you know hey don't you know it's already the end of the world I'll meet you right here in the future and we can talk about what our parents' parents did wrong and how we will do better. For a moment, we can untangle ourselves into thin silver lines and make sense of this point that is different from other points and find safety in that knowing. Or perhaps we can just feel held by all the sticky webs and sink ourselves under the thin covers of time, wondering if we tug just so that somewhere our parents, parents, parents might feel it. Here at the end of the world, we can imagine history happen differently, or that umber possibilities that have long since been discarded or dumped in riverways that lead to the ocean can be discovered hanging on the fin of a fish or around the neck of a turtle or tangled up in seaweed. We can imagine that this was where our soul last left off and pick it back up again. Here at the end of the world, we can finally mourn and wail deep indigo and allow the ghosts crowding our houses to be put to rest, or if they wish to roam freely between ether and orange sky, where clouds that look like willow trees chatter on different timelines and remember different memories. We can hold their phantom pain and cry about what could have been but never was. Here, at the end of the world, we can dip our fingers into honey and gasp in between this realm of pleasure and pain that helps us feel the future. We can dream about freedom, wake up again, and remember that we are alive, that somewhere between here and there exists eternity, and it is ours if we want it. Hey, don't you know, it's already the end of the world. Mm. Um... Yeah, I love this poem. Yeah, it's really good. It's my baby. It very much encapsulates like like apocalypse, like literally and um and the projects of this yeah. podcast too in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, I like um Yeah, I liked kind of talking about um I mean, obviously, I love talking about end-of-the-world stuff. That's mm. classic, and we have lots of episodes on it. But I like the element of um, what could have been but never was, and the, this element of kind of, like, discarded possibilities mm-hmm. that, like, you know, what were the possibilities that people were imagining in, like, the 60s or something, or, like, possibilities that kind of, like, became abandoned along the way Mm. um and like revisiting those but also like honoring the fact that 
there was a future that was being imagined that perhaps didn't come into fruition in the way that was expected, but still that possibility for that future existed at a point in time. Mm-hmm. And that's still something really special. Um, yeah, and I like the like last two lines, like like accessing eternity and then immediately saying end of the world. Like that's mm-hmm. and I feel like yeah, end of the world obviously as the word suggests like suggests like an end of time and so suggesting like it actually being a continuation of time Mm -hmm. is so powerful and Mm -hmm. yeah thank you um are we done (laughs) i guess um i was also gonna say like i uh i don't know if you read but um i really liked adrian marie brown's like poem that she posted on her instagram like a few weeks ago or something it was also very end of the world um mm-hmm. but also like uh embracing um like embracing fat girls kind of like um at the same time it's, it was interesting it was like that's a good well, combo yeah it was like um Hi, uh, baby. i can't like i'm obviously not, not gonna read all of it but it was like um i remember the lines that were like what if this body is actually like the best prepared to survive an mm. apocalypse um I'm probably paraphrasing, but something like that. And that was really powerful. Yeah. Mm. Mm. We love Adrienne Marie Brown. Yeah, literally. She creates poetry with memes. Oh, God. Her her memes literally are poetry. Yeah. And I think memes are also just like, oh, specifically the memes or like tweets that she like reposts and things like that. Like they're all about like, yeah, like noticing the little things in life Mm. and observing. Wait. You're on to something. (laughs) Especially like. like Yeah, they're so detail oriented. They're so detail oriented. They're so cracked. It's just like so like, um. Like, there'll be, like, this, like, very niche thing that happens in life that I never thought to notice, like, and I love tweets like that, honestly, and it's just so funny, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Follow Adrienne Marie Brown and look at her meme compilations. Yeah. They're delightful. Also, follow our pod on Instagram. Yeah, at Before We End, um... On Instagram. On Instagram, at Here I Flow, at Humflow. Oh, yeah. Which we were told by a hater on the internet (laughs) sounds the same. I mean, we are aware of that, but yeah. It was Um, just funny to hear a stranger say that. Oh, that, it was definitely funny. Vibes. Um, Yeah, okay, so I think we're done here. We will see. Hi, it's Ty. I don't know what happened at the end. Um, The audio just cut out. But yeah, we'll see you next Thursday. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.